he called me and he's like, Cyrus, I don't know anybody else that literally says he's going to do something. And every single time he says he's going to do it, he executes. <laughs> From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acree. And today we are going to be speaking with a former professional soccer player turned multi-million dollar realtor. So this will be kind of a cool something we haven't we haven't yep, done transition. before. But before we introduce our guest, we would love it if you would take a minute and subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts if you're not already subscribed and leave a review along with a I comment. I mean, how are you not subscribed? If you're know. listening to this, Honestly. how are you not subscribed? Come on, people. We need you. Ridiculous. Leave a <laughs> comment. Let us know how we're doing. Today's featured review comes from Rich Jack. So either his name is Rich or he's really wealthy and his name is Jack. <laughs> that's your dad jokes coming out in you. This comes that's, from that's Rich what Jack it is, brother. via Apple Podcast. He titles this review, Great Tips and Tactics, Five Stars. My advice is to listen to the podcast and take the actions that Luke and Josh talk about, man. Mm -hmm. Rich Thank you for leaving that review. Uh, our guest today, though, Cyrus Moseni. He's a real estate executive, speaker, philanthropist, internet personality, and former professional soccer player. As the CEO of the Keystone team, he has led the company to achieve unprecedented high-speed growth and success. Cyrus is also the founder of Giving Football Corp, a California-based nonprofit organization that hosts soccer camps at orphanages around the world with the aim of providing children I with nutritional that. education, proper training equipment, and a fun way to exercise and build lifelong skills. Cyrus, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Man, Cyrus, it's awesome to have you on the show, man. I figured let's start off and just, if you could tell a little bit about your backstory, right? And tell us like, How'd you get into real estate, especially this transition from being in soccer to real estate? How long have you been a real estate agent now? And then bring us up to speed, like what's your team doing? How many transactions are you guys doing this year? Okay. Uh, yeah. So usually what I, what I like to start with is like more before soccer. Love it. Before I like decided I wanted to play soccer for a living. So when I was younger, I wanted to be a, um, architectural engineer. Actually, I, I didn't really know what that was. Right. I just, when I was like three to like six, I was like, I want to be a working man. I want to be the guy's like construction worker, you know, like I just want to build stuff. And then my, 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 one of my uncles is actually an engineer. And I was like talking to him and he's like, no, you want to be an architect. You actually want to be an architectural engineer. And I said, I said, is that the person that designs the houses? And he says, yeah, that's, that's what you want to be. I said, perfect. That's what I want to be. So I told everybody that. Right. And so growing up all through elementary school, like that's what I wanted to do. That's where I wanted to be. I, I played sports. I played basketball. I played baseball. I played soccer, but like never was that like a, a thought process to be like, Oh, oh, I can play professionally. Right. Like it was more of just like, I play it because I love it and they're fun. Hmm. Um, and I thought I was really good at them when I like was in a, you know, I, I had like, I struggled <laughs> out like to us all. <laughs> <laughs> I struggled out pretty much every single time I played baseball, mostly because I didn't have contacts at the time or glasses. Right. And I got contacts. I started hitting the ball. <laughs> um, but it started, it was kind of like that process of like baseball, basketball, soccer. I played all three of those sports kind of on rotation during the, you know, um, 
little league seasons or whatever. And then um, in 2004, um, in January, my grandma passed away. So that's my mom's mom. Um, she passed away in 2004. And then in 2004, on October 29th, my uncle passed away. One of my, like, he was like my favorite uncle, the one mm. I was closest with. That was my mom's brother. Mm. Um, so he passed away. And then exactly a year later, so October 29, 2005, my um, dad went into the hospital. And on November 1st, 2005, my dad passed away. Um, so in that year, my, I, I lost, you know, three, you know, my two male, big male figures. I'm the last of five kids, right? So I have two older brothers and two older sisters. Um, but I, they were my big male figures in my life. My uncle was only 28 years old and my dad was um, 49. Wow. So young. Um, yeah. And so, and then of course my mom, right? Like my mom, so, so my dad was the breadwinner in our family. So my dad basically got, you know, he was the one that was working and bringing in the money. My mom worked because she liked to be around us. She worked as a lunch supervision at our school. Um, and, uh, and so what ended up happening is my, um, my mom, you know, when, when my dad passed away, when my uncle passed away, um, and all of this happened, my mom, you know, basically had to either step up to the plate or not. Right. And, and she, she ended up getting six jobs. Um, she worked night and day to keep the house over our head. I remember I'm the last of five kids. So, so basically when that happened, that's when a lot of my mindset shifted into like more of just doing what I want to do. Right. So I actually went and I, I started calling all of these club soccer teams and saying like, Hey, I want to play club soccer. And I was like calling these coaches. I was like in sixth grade or something. I was like, Hey, you know, I want to play for your team, you know, blah, blah. They'd say something like, okay, well put your dad on the phone. And I'd be like, well, my dad's, you know, I, I literally would be like, my dad's dead, you know? And they're like, well, put your mom on the phone. Well, my mom, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And, and, and my mom, my mom's like, and they'd be like, put your mom on the phone. I'm like, my mom's working. Like, I want to play for your team. Can I go oh, have your parents call me? Mm. So that kind of went on. I literally was calling people and calling people to try and make these club teams um, because that's all I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was play soccer. Cause it was the only thing that I could do that like kept my mind off of, sure. um, everything that was going on in my life, my, 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 my uncle, my dad, and my grandma passing away like that. All I, all I could do is play soccer. And when I played soccer, I didn't think of anything. Mm. So that's what I wanted to do. So I just kept calling people. And then eventually I had some coach call me and say, yeah, come out to training. And then I was like, well, now I got to figure out how to get to training. Right. <laughs> and, um, and then I made that team and then I got cut from that team, um, within the first year that I was there. And when I got cut from that team, I actually joined another team that Fernando is the coach's name. And he's like, he became a big mentor for me, but that was when I realized you could actually play professional soccer. Okay. It was like never a thought in my mind, like, Oh, you could go and play pro, right? right. Like it was more of a thought process of like, I play, I enjoy it. I'm getting my mind off of things. That's all. Then when I made that decision, I literally just said, you know, I'm going to play professional soccer. And I never looked back. I never questioned that decision again throughout my life, all the way up until, you know, a couple years back when I had to decide I couldn't, when I couldn't play anymore. But essentially throughout that whole time, I had people telling me, you know, when I was in high school, like, 
And I wasn't good by any means at this time. Like there was no, like I lost, I, I played goalkeeper. We lost every game five to zero. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was Wait like, a minute. yeah, this story isn't adding up. He's, he's bad at soccer, but he plays professional soccer. now. <laughs> exactly. It was like, I wasn't good at any, but I knew what I wanted to do. And I knew I had to train to get there. Like that's all my, that's all my mindset was. So you have insane determination. Insane exactly. perseverance. I mean, that's a golden nugget yeah. for everybody listening. It, it really is like, how do you become a master at something? You do it over and over and over and over and over again. So I, again, so so how do you make it into into soccer? Like, was it like just straight from club soccer into playing, or like how did you make that transition? Yeah. So what ended up happening is I played with this team, and then I actually by chance I uh, went to the soccer store because I saved up all my money to get these, these goalkeeper pants, which I have no clue why I ever wanted them. Cause I look at them now and I'm like, what the hell was I wearing? You know, it's like, what are those? <laughs> right. And, and, but I saved up all my money and I, I, I like made my mom promise me like that we would go to this soccer store that everybody was talking about that to go, to go buy these goalkeeper pants. And so I went there and when I walked in, I was like, uh, by the way, in sixth grade, I was, um, I was five foot four and by seventh, uh, by eighth grade, I was six one. Mm. So I had like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had saved up a lot of money to, to go and buy these soccer pants, you know, and just go over there and make this happen. And then um, I went there to the store and the guy's like, the guy, the, the owner of the store was like, oh yeah, you play goalkeeper. I'm like, yeah. He's like, what, who do you train with? I told him and he's like, oh no, he's, he's trash. Here, call this guy. Gave me, put, wrote on a, a, a post-it, Zach, and then a phone number to call him. I'm like, uh, okay, you know, this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. So I went home and I called this guy and um, it turns out this guy, was the goalkeeper coach for the U.S. Men's National Team at the time? What? Zach Abdel. <laughs> One of the yeah, exactly, insane, right? So, um, so he, I talked to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I only train people like you know, I don't train everybody. You can come and try out and train with me and see how it goes." So I went and I went to go train with him. And um, long story short, I ended up training with him for years. Um, he's the one who really took my game from here to here. Right. And actually made me know how to play goalkeeper. Um, I ended up going to go play Academy. And then when I was 18, I moved to Europe to go play soccer. Showed you the power of a coach. Do you know what I mean? Like the talent was within you. If you're, if you're thinking like, do you need a coach? Right. Every, I believe everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs a coach. I think you're missing out on an opportunity if you don't get them. But that coach saw the talent within you. You already had it. You had all the ability. You just needed the knowledge and application and, and the strategic guidance. Well, and the there. big thing was, the big thing was, and the big thing is still within business and, and whatnot is um, drive and dedication, mm. right? Like, like Zach did not, when I went to train with him, it was very clear. He was like, I don't train everybody. And it was not because I don't, and I tell people this when they come on a team now, but um, uh, if you don't have the drive and dedication, then I can't train you. I can't teach you. Mm. Right. But if you have the drive and dedication, it doesn't matter how bad you are because you will get there. 
Yeah. As long as you have that, that drive and dedication, right? Well, Kevin and Harrington, discipline. we interviewed Kevin Harrington and he said, the problem with mentees, right? The, like he wrote this book about um, becoming, a, you know, mentors and finding mentors. And he goes, be the best student. He said, the problem is there's so many poor students out there. And it, it's a testament to what you're saying. Like, if you're listening to this and you're on a team, are you that person's best team member? And like everybody's on a team in a way, like even if you're a real estate agent, you work at a Keller Williams broker, even though you're your separate, maybe own entity, you're still working with that broker. Like, are you that broker's best agent? Being the best student is a principle to live by. Yeah. yeah. And are you doing, are you doing what's necessary to take you to the next level? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times, uh, and, and I'll kind of segue real quick, but a lot of the times um, I think agents in general, right? Like, or, or, or just people in general, um, in, in business or whatever, they say they want to be X, Y, Z, but they don't actually put the action to make it happen. Right. Yeah. So Amen. it's a lot of, Oh, I want to, I want to make, I want to make $120,000 a year. I want to make this. Yeah. I want to do that. I want but that like, title. I every want that day, promotion. <laughs> exactly. But every day you wake up at 1130 AM dude, and then you, you start watching TV at five. I'm convinced people don't want greatness. Like, I, I hate to say it this way. This is so like, I'm so jaded now, but I'm convinced <laughs> people treat greatness like the lottery. They play the lottery knowing they're not going to win, but for the fantasy that it gives them. And I see so many people like the greatness, the hundred K salary, whatever it is, right. That your thing you're chasing, it's really just the fantasy of chasing that and going, having, you know, basic, well, I never could make it because of the external reasons, right? And everybody can blame the external excuses. But it, I used to think, oh, no, no, everybody's really trying to be the best. <laughs> like, it's just that they have road blockers and they need things revealed to them. Now I realize, no, 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 they just would rather the fantasy than the actual real lottery. It's, it blows yeah. my mind. It's, it's a, it, I, I think it's also a fear, right? Like, because once you, when you do get to that, it's, it's, um, I was at a, uh, I listen to hip hop music. I love hip hop. Um, and I was listening, I was at a J Cole concert a couple of years back and, and, and he had said this, he like stopped all the music. He said this and, and, um, he goes, um, he said, you know, where you're at right now, wherever you're at, enjoy that because you'll never be there again. Right. Like he, he was talking about, he'd never have that, that grind that come up again. Like that, like wake up, somebody doesn't know him when he's going out and trying to hand out his music. Right. Like, yeah. like now it's something to lose. It's a fear of losing it. Exactly. Yeah. And so a lot of people I think are, are scared to get to that next level and then have to consistently produce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because once you're, once you're at a certain level, people expect a certain thing from you. Yeah. Right. And, and, and for me, for me, that drives me, that makes me go more. Right. But for some people that, that, they like to go back into their shell when yeah, that they happens. retract. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So tell us about, I guess your soccer career, obviously you had a good, you had a, you had a career in Europe. What happened with that? How do you transition from soccer to the next stage? Which yeah. Easy. So. That's easy. Dude. Like real estate so much like soccer, you know, balls, <laughs> balls bouncing everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know about that. <laughs> There's grass. <laughs> There's grass Homes in real estate. Lawns. There's grass in soccer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man. It's, um, curb pill, you know, when you walk up to the stadium. Um, <laughs> no. So I, uh, uh, so I played in Europe. I played it. Actually, I played in Europe. I played in, uh, uh, Switzerland, Iceland, Costa Rica. I actually That's played awesome. a little bit in the Philippines. I played here in the U S as well. Um, I was playing in Iceland and then I, 
left there. I came back home and I was going to sign with a, a club here in LA. Um, and I was driving to lunch one day, just like a, it was like literally just to go get lunch. And I was driving down the street. It was a rainy day. And as I was driving, someone made an illegal left hand turn and T-bone me. Oh, how old were you? Um, uh, how old was it? Oh shoot. That was, uh, that was about four years ago. Okay. Um, and so, so I, I felt fine. Like at that moment, right? Like I got out of the car. I'm like, all right. You know, I drove a little BMW, little stick shift BMW. Um, and then, uh, then I, I had to go see specialists. I had to go see all of this, the, the, the team doctors, the specialists and everybody was like, like essentially I say that it ended my career, that car accident ended my career, but it was really a decision, right? Because what it was, was the doctor said, do you want to walk or do you want to play? Mm. And because if I injured my back again and I play goalkeeper, right? I'm throwing my body everywhere. If I injured my back again, right? We're talking about not walking. So what do you want to do? That's tough. And it, it was insanely tough, right? Because I had to deal with, remember from when I was about, you know, 11 years old, I decided I was playing professional soccer and that's all I was going to do. Every single one of my teachers, every, my counselor in high school was like, sorry, so you need a backup plan. I was like, a backup plan is an excuse to fail. I'm going to keep going. Like that was my mindset. Like, screw you, Yeah, you know? And, um, and I did it right. Actually, one of my counselors was like, sorry, you know, it's like less than 1% of, of athletes become professional athletes. I said, well, less than 1%, uh, 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 less than 1% of 1%, you know, uh, uh, become professional soccer players in Europe, but that's what I'm going to do. Like that was my, that's just where I was. It's like, you know, tunnel vision. That's awesome. And, um, and when this happened, I never expected this. This wasn't in my game plan, right? It wasn't in my radar. Um, and, uh, and so when that happened, I, during off seasons, I used to get like, I used to go to like different classes. Like I would go to like French class, Italian class. I failed both of those. Like (laughs) I would just go to all these different schools, you know, like, because I'm like, what am I going to do with my time? And uh, this specific off season, I was getting my real estate license. Hmm. Um, Not because like I ever wanted to be in real estate, but it was just because like, I was like, eh, I'm going to be playing in LA. You know, I have friends that are going to be moving from Europe to come play here. They're going to need to buy a house. What's an extra, you know, couple That's of, smart, you know, I didn't even know how much money it was. What's an extra, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Like, sure. why not? Yeah. And, um, and I said, and when I buy, I'll save some money. That was my thought process. Right. Then I ended up getting in this car accident in December. I was taking my, my courses in like November ish, December, like tail end of December, I got in a car accident. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm told I can't play anymore. And then I'm going through eight months of rehab. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? And I, I, I truly had no clue what I was going to do. I was going through this whole like identity crisis because I thought people loved me for the fact that I played soccer and I played soccer for a living, mm. not because of who Cyrus is. Um, and I went through this whole, this whole, you know, mourning process of like losing my, you know, quote unquote career. And and then um, I ended up saying, you know what? I'm just going to get my license. I'm going to pass my test. And once I pass my test, I'm going to get full into it, right? So I started when I go out, I talk about, oh, I'm getting into real estate, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I ended up getting my real estate license. I, I, I went and I took my exam. And then I, prior to, I was like talking to some friends. One, one guy that I had met at a store, like said his mom's property needed to be sold, but it was super distressed and blah, blah, blah. 
And I had another friend that like I knew invested into real estate. So as soon as I passed my exam, I called both of them. I'm like, Hey, I have a buyer that like, I think would want to buy your property. Um, but I need to show it to him today. Like it, it needs to happen or else I don't think he's going to be able to do it. And then I called the buyer and I'm like, Hey dude, I have this property. You got to check it out. It's got like insane, you know, you got to check it out today. Right. So this was like me being super hype of getting my license. I'm like, I'm going for it. Right. That day I put two and a half million dollars in escrow. It was a distressed property. That person ended up selling it, making a million dollar profit. If I would have known what I know now, I would have just bought the property myself. Um, well, we don't have yeah. to ask you the last question of the interview, which yeah. is what would you have told? Yeah. yeah. What would you have told your younger <laughs> self? I would have bought that property. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was my first day in real estate. And then uh, I said, well, That's a maybe great I first day. This and I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I never looked back like, and, that, and then it was like, okay, what do I want to do now? And then, then I just kept going from there. So that's how I got from soccer into real estate. It's been four years now in real estate? Four years. Yeah. Three, three, yeah. Three and three quarters pretty much. Yeah. Nice. In, in February, it'll be four. Okay. So you have a team now, the Keystone, Keystone team, right? Yeah. Keystone team. You actually say on your website, I was looking at your website earlier that you're a marketing, a marketing team that specializes in real estate. What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, very, so, so when this happened, I'm like, okay, like I remember I have no background in real estate whatsoever. No, no one in my family is in real estate, nothing. All I know is like, you know, you, you go to a house and, I, and when I looked at the product, I'm like, well, it, all it is, is, is you're, you, you have to be an expert marketer. It, it's not sales. I, I hate being sold. I hate being told how great of an investment this is going to be. You know, I hate being told that, you, you know, I don't like the network marketing kind of mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my big thing was, was marketing. I said, well, it's gotta be a marketing team. So what I did instead of hiring agents at first is I hired a marketing team and I built a full marketing team. And then once Dude, I built my great. marketing team, I started hiring agents and my agents started, you know, I had a, a, a good friend of mine. He's still a very good friend of mine. And it's really funny because when I, I, this year I got national association realtors 30 under 30. Um, Congrats. um, for 2020 and it's awesome. thank you. And, and yeah. And what happened was, um, he actually called me and it was one of the funnier conversations I've had with him because for me, and just as a person, cause he called me and he's like, Cyrus, I don't know anybody else that literally says he's going to do something. And every single time he says he's going to do it, he executes. <laughs> cause when I, that's the golden license, nugget, that's the golden yeah, nugget exa- of the show exactly. right there. Execution, execution. Right. Because I always say there's three things that you need to do in life to, to accomplish literally anything. It's visualize it, map it out and execute it. Mm. You do those three things, you're, you're, you're golden. Right. And that's what I did. So like when I first got into the industry, um, this friend of mine, he's the one who teaches the real estate classes and everything. And, um, and I told him, I was like, I'm going to be 30 under 30. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a team of, of over 26 agents that are all going to produce. Actually, I said over, I said, I'm going to have a team of 33 agents. I don't have that right now, but we're working on that. So, um, so I said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I, I, I told him and he's like, all right, yeah, you know, Cyrus, I don't know. You know, like a lot of people say this, a lot of people say they're going to have their whole team, you know, uh, uh, produce, but it's impossible. And I said, no, it's going to happen. Right. So what ended up happening when I built the marketing team, I ended up starting to hire agents. And every single one of my agents now produces one or two transactions a month. That's awesome. 
Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. How many do you have on your team now? Uh, right now, so I have uh, 13 agents right now. That's nice. incredible. Um, last year, I had 27 agents. You fired them? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. If people want to know why I'm clapping, I think that's one of the hardest things in business for people to understand that uh, to be a great team, you have to fire people. Uh, I mean, I heard one time, I think it was the uh, HR director for Netflix that um, was giving a talk and they were talking about, you know, look, this is not a family. It's a professional team. Yeah. And the difference there in mindset is so critical. Like a professional team, guess what? There's people who make the team, people who don't make the team, people who sit on the bench, people that are the star players that get paid more, people that are not the star players. Like it is like you show up every day to perform. And so, I mean, I know you never want to fire anybody and I hope no one's perceiving my point as you want to fire people, but the reality is well, of running a great professional team, you have to. <laughs> Josh is like, well, sometimes some people, but you have to have that attitude. This is a professional team. We're here to win a championship. A hundred percent. And the, 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 the beautiful thing about this industry, and I think pretty much any industry, like in, in, in business in general, like, like people fire themselves. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like if I'm consistently, if I'm consistently providing every single thing necessary for you to succeed and you are not succeeding, the problem is not the system. Right. The problem is you. Yeah. No clear expectations. Right? And when, yeah. when people exactly. And when people hear that, they don't like to hear that. Yep. And usually it's like, I, I told my business partner, Jack, I was like, when, you know, the last one of, one of the last agents, I was like, kind of like, trying to hold on to a little too long. Cause I was like, no, she could be really good. Like she's awesome. You know, like I like her as a person, but like, she's just not putting the effort in. So I held on to her. And then I finally, I was just like, gosh, I gotta, I gotta let her go. You know, like this is kind of a bummer. And then like, I like, I started having like a talk. Like I, I, I basically made all of my expectations up front. Like I told her like, Hey, this is, you're not doing this. I just want to let you know, I need this done. Right. And like little time goes by, Hey, you're not doing this. And then eventually she just heard it and she's just like, Hey, I'm leaving the brokerage. I'm sorry. You know, I'm going, I'm like, see ya. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have a nice, have a nice time, you know, but uh, yeah. What's the right way to do it? Yeah. And so what I did, so what I did was I I basically let go of all the extra fat. Yeah. Yeah. You have standards. You set the standards and you won't go down from them and you'll bring everybody in that can meet those standards and you'll raise the frequency level of the whole team. How's COVID impacted your, your team this year? Uh, we actually did a lot better. Um, so, so, uh, an interesting thing about what we did, um, that was, you know, now everybody's doing it, but like, since we started, I've been doing 360, I've been doing VR, I've been doing all of this, all of these cool little products. I've, I've done listing presentations on the computer. I don't know how many times I love to travel. So okay. I, I, I'm a big believer in like, I, I, I do not live to work. I work to live, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I work very hard to enjoy what I like to enjoy. Uh, I work very hard to be able to give back to my, 
to, to my nonprofit to be able to help my family and so on and so forth. So like, like I'm, I'm a very hard worker, but at the end of the day, like it's gonna, it's gonna fit into my life and I'm not going to fit into my work life. Does that yeah, make awesome. sense? That's awesome. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I built my systems and that's what I'm best at is I'm, I, I built my systems to be able to allow me to be gone. And so from the very start, what I did for my first year in real estate, I took no money. I, I basically took that money and I, I took what I needed to live. And then I put everything back into my company. Love that. And I consistently just reinvested into my company. And I still do. I, I take like, you know, my agents make, you know, X, Y, Z splits and I make like 15% at the end of it, you know, That's like, like I, I make barely nothing, but I produce enough to be able to, to make enough, yep. you know? And so, and, and that's why my business has gone like this and, and profitable within the first couple of years. So walk us through like um, how much, so you have 13 agents. What's the type of volume you guys will do this year as a brokerage? Uh, a little over a hundred million. That's amazing, man. Congrats. That's awesome. So when you look at your lead sources, right. And you break down that hundred million, like where are your majority of deals coming from? And then walk us through, cause we don't have obviously time to get into every lead source, but yeah. I'd love for you to take one of your lead sources and just walk us through what's the system you have for that. So I do a lot of like, um, I do a lot of Facebook, Instagram, I do a lot of Google ads. Uh -huh. Um, one of, one of my, one of my, uh, uh, um, um, creative director, like my creative director on my team. Um, he used to work for Google and he's actually the one who designed how Google ads interact with well, you. Well, that's handy. Dude, <laughs> how did you pick that person up? Jeez. <laughs> a good friend of mine from when I was younger. Oh, like, that's like sick. just literally that's like awesome. good friend of mine, good friend of mine. Um, when this, when I started doing this, I'm like, Hey, do you want to do this? And we're like, He's like, yeah, let's do it. That's awesome, and dude. That, that was it. Yeah, so so it's pretty interesting. Like, like he's he's won like pretty much every award. Really, really cool guy. So I do a lot with that. Um, but I also, I'm a fan of Zillow, Love and that. a lot yeah. of people aren't. I've heard so much negativity, but my team makes a lot of money from it. How much do you spend and, a month and, on Zillow? Um, right now, I'm spending around ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Right now. Um, uh, uh, when COVID hit, I was spending around 25. You know, what's interesting about Zillow, and this is just a perspective for everybody listening to this, because I don't, I don't really know, but when I talk to agents and I'm, I'm kind of bounce back and forth, this concept of Zillow, like my own brother, he spends about three grand a month on Zillow right now. <clears throat> right. So what we found in other agents that I've talked to is the more you spend, and this is obvious, but it's, it's, it seems to be at a way higher rate with Zillow, the more you spend on Zillow, the more you actually get leads. Like if you spend on the lower end, like a $500 a month, stuff like that, it's like you're not really getting a lot, a but you're still spending. $500 a month is still a decent amount to spend for advertising. It wasn't until he jumped up until that three, and it's obviously because of how often they're seeing your ad and all the logical stuff. But for some reason, when I talk to Zillow people, it's like the ones who really commit to spending, they kill it on Zillow. Well, and also the, the, the uh, Google or um, Google uh, Zillow has a little uh, ticker that like basically like if you spend X Y Z consistently, like they'll add to your ad spend. So there they'll actually give you like a little bonus. Um, but but the reason I'm bringing up Zillow because it's a very easy one for everybody to grasp. It's not hard. It's not you know. So I can kind of talk about it. Um, but I want to clarify. When, when COVID hit, I went up in my ad spend. I didn't drop it. I just dropped it this, this month because like 
just were so inundated with a lot. So I actually just dropped it, um, October. Um, but we were, we were at around 25. Um, I, I almost tripled my ad spend when COVID hit, knowing that's where the clients are coming from, right? Like knowing that you're not going to interact with people. Everyone's at home, shelter in place. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to get leads? How are you going to be successful three months from now? Because everything's on a 90 day cycle, right? Lead comes in, you're not converting that on average for 90 days. And so, so what we did was we poured money into, um, we kind of leaned in compared to like pulling out, which actually did us a lot. Um, but I'll kind of walk you through that, that process because yeah. then it's, it's very, um, it's, 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 it's a good process. So essentially what ends up happening is like we, you, Zillow has a couple different types of leads. They have, um, they have the live connects and then they have like nurture leads. Right. Um, and, and so with live connects, either myself, my business or my business partner, and now I'm training ISA, but I kind of, I, when we first did it, I was given all of the live connects and the nurture leads and my agents were getting the calls. We had like a, uh, like a 60%, I think it was like 57% or something like that conversion rate from call to appointment Okay. at that point. And I was like, this is not right. Like this doesn't make sense. Hmm. Right. And so I, I, because every time I got a call, I was converted into an appointment. So I'm like, what's so hard about this? Right. I gave my script. I told all my agents, this is what you need to say. This is how you need to do it. And I'm like, why isn't it working? <laughs> right. So I'm like sitting there and then I call my, actually the Zillow success rep that I have. I'm like, dude, what the hell, bro? Like, I don't know why, you know, and he's like, I listen to your calls. I listen to your agents calls. Your agents don't do what you do. Like you tell them to do X, Y, Z. So then I started listening to all these, all my calls. And I'm like, why is he asking if they're pre-approved? Why is he wondering, you know, where they're moving from? I don't care about that. When the lead comes in, I'm, I, my focus is call in, set appointment, meet. Mm. I don't care if you're pre-approved. I don't care if you're anything like that. Yep. And it's it, because at the end of the day, this business is a relationship business. And if you, if you're going to pay for leads and just, try to convert the cherries on the top and just try to just not try to nurture leads, not try to build a relationship with these people. You'll be, you'll be successful. You'll make your money back on your ad spend, you know, but that's all. And, and then your business is going to stop as soon as you turn that, that fountain off. Spot on brother. Spot on. Right. And, and so what we do is I'm like, look, I don't care if they're pre-approved. I don't care, you know, what their grandma's name is. Right. Like, <laughs> like, Set the appointment, show up to the appointment and build that relationship. Yeah. I've had, I've had actually leads that have called me that I've worked with that I've showed properties to that weren't qualified that have referred me multiple transactions that have left me reviews and told me how great we were. Blah, blah. Fantastic. I never sold them a property, but I've made thousands of dollars from that person. The statistics show that like if you, the faster you can get it from online to offline, the better you, chance you have to be the real estate agent of choice, let alone the first person who gets the appointment wins. The first yep. person who can get physical face-to-face -face, basically with the person or some type of appointment, maybe it's a Zoom now where you can get in front of them because what you're saying is spot on. Is that what, what I love that I want to point out for people in this is that, look, you're in a relationship business and you said something that I tend to teach all the time is real estate agents are so stressed and they're on a hamster wheel. 
because they're functioning in this mentality of they're spending the money on ads. There's nothing wrong with paying for Zillow, doing Facebook, all these different lead generation stuff. But it's like you said, you turn that faucet off for a second and you haven't done the fundamentals of the actual game, which the fundamentals are, are relationships. Oh man, that's why you're on vacation right now and going, holy crap, I'm not making my, not making my cold calls to my Zillow leads. I can't even enjoy this vacation yep. because you haven't actually focused on building a system for the fundamentals, which is the relationship. So I, I just think you're so spot on with that. And you can do any of these lead generation strategies as long as it's coming behind with a conversion strategy that gets that conversation from online to offline, a relationship started immediately. Exactly. And then, and then it's consistent follow-up, right? Like you're not always going to get that person that says, okay, I want to go to, you know, see this property on Friday at 2 PM. Right. You're going to get someone that says, oh, well, you know, I only wanted to work with the listing agent and I, I don't want to talk to you, you know, blah, 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 hangs up on you. And then I'm like, I call the next time. Like, hey, you know, you hung up on me yesterday, <laughs> but let me tell you something about this. <laughs> you know? How often do you and, tell and then, your people to call? Uh, at least 12 hits for a new lead at least 12 times. Love it. So, um, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean like just calling, right? Like that's call text yep. email, but at least 12 times within the first two weeks. Do you find text um, gets you a better response? Cause we're, we're hearing that a lot as we're interviewing people. Uh, are you finding yeah, that text is working for you or no? Yeah. So text texts seem to work a lot better. Um, um, in, I would say in, 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 in situations where they don't, they don't pick up. Okay. Right. But if we can get them, if they answer, then the phone call works hand uh, like way better. But okay. to convert the lead from like no call, yeah. like a nurture lead, Contact. texting is money. Okay. The emails, the emails are great because we see when they open the emails and things, but the texts work really well. I've had, I've, I have like a, a automation set up in my CRM, which is like a whole nother thing that we can get into. But the CRM is like my like I'm in love with it because it does everything I need to. It tells me when to, when to make a phone call, tells me when to, uh, I love uh, that. Text, what CRM you know? do you use? So the audience knows, uh, uh, follow up boss. Nice. Awesome. Follow up boss. Yeah. Um, and I switched that. I switched that at the beginning of this year into there, my whole team. Um, and I, I actually, I pay for my whole team to use the same system. Nice. Um, and, and the reason is cause I know like what I believe in works. Right. And so essentially essentially what ends up, what ends up happening is like, I can see one, one, the reason I like that is because I could see my whole team's activity, right? So I can go in there and do like a hygiene check. Like, oh yeah, is this person following up with leads? Is this person making the phone calls? And if they're not, they don't get any leads. That's it. Pretty simple. Dude, you, you know, know what I love they, about you? Your standards are so high. That's why you win. Like I'm just as an outsider <laughs> meeting you for the first time, your standards are so high. And you're just so focused. Like, look, if you, if I look at you and you're not actually following up the way you should, no leads for you. That is phenomenal. And I want people to know who are listening to this that run a team, that's it. Like I have a hundred people on the phones. The minute you lower your standards, their standards are 80% of your standards. And yep. so just keep that in mind as you do it. I just want to point that out that I think it's one of the greatest things, one of your greatest attributes is you are just hardcore focused, have standards, you're living by them. Thank you. Yeah. I was hiring, uh, um, like, a admin and, and my business partner sat there and was like, Hey, Zion, do you think Cyrus is hard to work with? And this is the sole question that I hired this him off of. Right. And he goes, he goes, no, I don't think Cyrus is hard to work with. I think that Cyrus just expects a certain level. And if you don't meet that, then like, you know, that, 
that's it. It's very simple. Like I, I, I just have a certain standard of, of, of what I expect. If you don't meet that, then you're just not in that. You're, you're not in the picture, mm-hmm. you know? And the reason, the reason that that is, is, is it goes exactly what you just said. Like the reason is, is, is you want to get to the next level. You have to consistently chase that. Like I say, it's 1% better every day. You have to consistently be better every single day. And if you're not chasing that, then you're just going to consist, you're, you're going to stay either plateau or you're going to go down. Yep. It's very simple. It's it's the sign of, I think, really great leaders. Tillman, uh, the guy who owns all the steakhouses and sports teams, like a billionaire, right? This guy, it was on an interview. I forget what it was, if it was impact theory or whatever. And they were talking about Tillman and they were asking him, hey, what do you think your people, these people have been with him for like 15, 17 years. What would they say about you? And he goes, well, I think most of them would say I'm the hardest SOB they've ever worked for. They can't stand me basically sometimes, but they would never want to work for anybody else. And the point being is like the people you remember are the people who push you. The people that you truly appreciate are the people that raise your standards. Uh, Those are the people that really make a difference and an impact in your life. So I love that. So whatever you're, you're, I would challenge people who are listening to this, whether you're in your car, wherever you're at, is whatever you are sacrificing in your standards right now, stop it. You know it. You know what you're allowing the people around you to bring you down that you truly don't believe in. Stop. Like you have standards, live by those standards, commit, be all in, and you'll be selling a hundred million in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, so yeah, sorry. So, so one of the things we want to ask everyone, it's uh, great to hear your story and kind of where you've, where you're, where you're at now, but Luke and I, every interview we ask people like, what are some of the daily habits? And I know I can just tell with how disciplined and how driven you are. <laughs> You've got some daily habits that you implement in your life or in your business that's really driving your success. Yeah. Um, so every single morning, I, so, so here's, here's something that's changed, especially this year, um, because I used to go to the gym every single morning, work out at like 5.30 in the morning, get my workout done. You know, my, my shower, like I, you know, I always say it as like, wake up, go to the gym, shower, get ready, chill out, get to work. Right. Like that's what I, that's what I would do every single morning this, this time. Like now it's not really the same thing. I don't get up every single morning to work out. Right. But I get up every single morning before 8am and then I'm, I'm doing what I, what, whatever's necessary. So like what I'll do is I'll get up. I don't start working right away. I'll get up, I'll shower. And my shower is like my time to like, like just, chill out, like no phones, no calls, nothing. Just, you know, sometimes I'll put on audible and I'll listen to, you know, my book. Right. And then, um, and then I get from there, I look at what every single night before the day, I look at my calendar. I look at it because I want to know what I'm doing the next day compared to once the day starts, I have to figure out what I'm going to do. I don't like that. So I like knowing what I'm going to do beforehand. Um, and then, and then from there, I just kind of get into my day depending on whatever that is. Um, but that's kind of my morning routine right now. Um, um, I start every single day with that. And then I start and I open up my CRM and I look at what I need to do with my tasks and things like that, as far as follow up and things like that. That's awesome, man. So knowing yeah. what you know now, what would you go back and tell younger Cyrus? That kid in high school um, about to set out in your journey? Buy that house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that. You're going to make a million dollars, Cyrus. <laughs> buy that house. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even know it was possible, right? Um, no, I think I think the, the biggest thing, and, and it's something that I, I truly, truly live by, I think everything happens for a reason. And, and I think understanding that and truly believing that 
is game changer because, because, you know, all my life I said it, but I didn't really believe it until when I got into my car accident and I had to literally convince myself that there's a reason for this. Mm. You know, when my dad passed away, when my uncle passed away, I, I, I was upset. I was sad. And I said, you know, whatever, you know, this, this, there's a reason, you know, I say, God's got a plan, whatever it is. Um, and then, uh, uh, but when, when I got in my car accident, that's when I really realized like, like truly everything in my life, there's, it, it, it connects. There's some, some way it gets from point A to point B. And I would not change one thing in my life. Everybody always asks me, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you, Cyrus? And what's the worst thing? And I always say, the worst thing is my dad passing away. The best thing is my dad passing away. Mm. Because that was a game changer in my life. Mm. Not because my dad was a bad person. My dad was an amazing, phenomenal human being. Took care of our family. Did everything possible. Was just a great person. But at the end of the day, like if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I'm not going to argue with that. Mm. And, and so I accept where I, what, what's happened in my life. And I understand that everything happens for a reason. So that's, I just continue to reiterate that. Yeah, I love that. So where can people connect with you? How can they follow along with your journey? Um, social media, Instagram is like the easiest one. Um, it's at Cyrus Andre, C-Y-R-U-S-A-N-D-R-E, um, CyrusMoseni.com. Um, yeah. I mean, those are the, those are the easiest ones. Uh, also like I have a nonprofit that we didn't really touch base on, but, um, uh, follow at giving football. We go around the world and we put on soccer camps for orphanages as well. That's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think what you're doing with the orphanages is fantastic, but I, I kind of want to ask you, I know we're breaking format here because we already <laughs> asked you the final <laughs> questions, your social media, like you, you've been producing a ton of content. What's your goal with that? You've got like 30,000 followers. Now you're producing yeah. videos like every day from, is it, is it more of a personal sort of brand play? Is it more for the real estate world? Just kind of um, curious. People, people um, you got to follow what's on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you. Uh, uh, I, I like sharing. Um, I think that I got interviewed by, um, uh, CAR magazine, um, the other day. And she asked me, you know, a question she asked me, what, what do you think your dad would be most proud of, of your accomplishments? And I, and, and I was like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty heavy question for a friggin' magazine interview for California. For California. <laughs> you know, like, what? Uh, um, and I said, I said, you know, I think it's not the accomplishments that I've had, but the lasting impact that I've had on people. And if I can affect somebody positively, like just, just one person, whether it's you or, you know, one of you guys or whatever, like if I can just affect that one person positively and that goes on to the next person, then we can, I mean, that's really how the world changes. Like that's truly what I believe in. Like that butterfly effect is like, you know, uh, the flap of a wing of a butterfly can create a hurricane on the other side of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, I, I truly believe that if we're just a positive influence on the people around us, then we will um, consistently change the world for the better. And so that's, that's really why I put out content to be yeah, honest. I love that, man. It's, it's been great yeah. to meet you. I know you, we connected on Instagram kind of found, I think you found yeah. the podcast. We connected on that. So absolutely phenomenal to get to spend this time with you and learn. So make sure you're following Cyrus at Cyrus Andre on Instagram. We're going to include the links to all of those, including Cyrus's foundation, giving football corp, 
in our show notes. You can get those over at statepaidpodcast.com. And while you're there, go ahead and drop us a five-star review on <laughs> Apple Podcast. Yes. Make sure to leave a comment about this episode. Let Cyrus know that you listen. And the best way is uh, to help out the show is to tell a friend. So share the podcast with someone that you know. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can reach us at podcast at remindermedia.com. Or of course, you can connect with us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. And I also want to share with you, we don't want to discriminate against Spotify or iHeart or any of the other places Apple you listen. Where it's at. I did read, though, Josh, that Spotify is growing by like 20%. It is. Actually, Spotify is, is huge right now. It, yeah, and no, podcasts. I, no, if you want to subscribe in Spotify, subscribe go for it. Anywhere but also you want. subscribe in Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Only because review. we're trying to get into the top number one space. Here's your action item for this ex- episode, because I think there's so much gold in this, especially when you look at just the, the freaking determination, right? And look at Cyrus and what he's accomplished. And, and I think really there's two principles that I think you have to apply. And I think they kind of are correlated and one and the same in a way is you have to have insane focus of what you want to accomplish. If you notice in his story, like what's the action item for you? If you notice back to, I forget if he was like sixth grade, 11 years old, whatever it was, like he said, this is what I want to do. And he's freaking all in insane focus. And we all know Tony Robbins teaches, man, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So what is your focus? And if your focus is on something and you're only 25% in, you're going to barely get 25% results. And then the second piece is, if that's your focus, then it does you no good unless you have the habits and the standards to achieve that goal, to achieve that focus. Because if you look at Cyrus's standards, and and he's, I don't even think he's consciously knowing that he's doing this, but as he's spouting this stuff out, I'm just like, oh dude, he's fired. He was at 26 agents. He fires him, gets down to 13 agents. His focus is so hardcore. His standards are so high. He His goal is to have 33 producing agents, so he's willing to cut half the team because he believes so much in not having an agent that doesn't produce. That's the type of focus and standards you have to have in your business. So remember this, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry Josh and I have worked in is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 